89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and uh, one man who is starting to nudge out, maybe even Sheridan Voisey is the most interviewed man on this program, uh, is Carl Faze. He is the CEO of Olive Tree Media and joins me now. G'day, Carl. Hey, Clayton. It's good to chat to you there in Melbourne. Oh, it is wonderful uh, having a yarn with you as well, Carl. And, and over the past few years, um, we've uh, specifically dedicated a number of shows to uh, a lot of the work that you have been doing. And uh, you've now got a new production coming out, and we want to talk about that too. Uh, just yes. briefly, um, before we talk about the new one, uh, Jesus the Game Changer 1 and 2, um, the reception has been incredible, uh, I know, around the country. Uh, my, my guess is probably worldwide as well. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly played uh, on broadcast worldwide. Interestingly, in the last 12 months, in countries like the UK, New Zealand, the US, there's been a, it's a bit like Australia. Because of COVID, everybody's sort of drawn into themselves a bit more. So people are much more interested in hearing from somebody that they know well from their own country. And so, you know, the use of Jesus the Game Changer 2 in some of those international spaces has not been as great as we would have liked. And the other thing, too, is often people know about it when you turn up and tell them about it. And, Clayton, we're not going anywhere. No. <laughs> There's been less less uh, use of it. But, uh, honestly, across Australia, it's been fantastic. It's wonderfully used, and we get great feedback. Yeah. And if you hadn't uh, you know, followed that before, the idea, basically, of Jesus the Game Changer was to look at, um, and in slightly different ways that you looked at it in, in Series 1 and Series 2, mm-hmm. of how Jesus has been truly the game changer in world history and the way that we go about things and the way that we look at things and the way that society runs in different ways and the way that people share their faith in different areas as well. So it was yeah. you know, literally traveling the world, speaking to academics and uh, those who are on the streets, as it were, uh, alike, and, yeah. and really focusing on all of that. As we move to this most recent one, Faith Runs Deep, it's very much not internationally shot, but Australian shot and and focused in that regards. Where did the idea come from, first of all, Carl, to say, look, let's look at Australia and the the faith aspect of what Australia is? Yeah, uh, Clayton, it's sort of been sitting in the back of our mind, thinking that we really should do this in Australia because there's such great stories here. Uh, She's the game changer too. We are working with... um, TBN Trinity Broadcasting Network in America, and so they they and, and so there's a kind of tight contract with them that we worked with, as well as making it available for other people. But clearly, if you're looking to build something that was used on broadcast television in America, you need to use international voices more than Australian voices. And but in the back of our mind was that they're just great stories within Australia. So we we've always wanted to do that, but you know, we were our hand was forced, Clayton. Because because we go anywhere. Um, for Jesus, the game changer oh. too. We're in, we're in 14 different countries. Um, uh, we're lucky to get out of our own state now. So yeah. it was really about, it was probably about May, June last year where we thought, you know, we won't be going to other countries and, and we're go, we need to, it, now is the opportunity to do something here in Australia. So that was the, I mean, the genesis of the idea was always sitting there in the background. But the circumstance we found ourselves in was like, this is a perfect opportunity to, uh, to focus on Australia and to build a series wrapped around uh, the influence of Jesus on our own country. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. I, I think there's probably uh, two camps, I would imagine, that people say, well, um, you know, I, I understand that um, Australia is sort of this judo Christian 
basis to it, and so therefore has sort of some sort of uh, understanding of, of Christianity and Jesus' involvement in that. And then there'd probably be another camp that says, "Hold on a second, we're not a we're we're just a secular society. We've, we've got nothing to do with Christianity." Is that actually how people tend to look at this, uh, uh, you know, nation that we're in? Yeah, I mean, one of the things about historians is that, um, and I'm not a great historian myself, but you start to read the comments from historians, and and what we need to understand is they're not they're not quite as dispassionate about their subject matter or their own values when they come to the history that they write, and so they so there's this notion among secular historians that it's almost like we want to write the write the Christian Christian faith out of our history, mm. and and so here's this idea that you know. Um, as you were kind of alluding to, there were, you know, the first lot of uh, Australians, or so-called Australians in the modern sense of the word, not First Nations people. There's 800 of them on boats. They were kicked out of England because there was no room in prisons. They were all convicts. Um, they, they landed on our shores as convicts. They were, it was sort of pretty secular, even anti-religious in that group of people. That was the beginning of our nation, not like the Mayflower going to America looking for for religious freedom, but convicts being sent to Australia. And the outcome is a secular nation. Here we are 200 odd years later, and we're still a secular nation. And that's, it's almost like that's a narrative, Clayton, that people want to push onto Australia. But if you look at our origins, sure, we were convicts, but Christian faith was actually really involved right from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about our indigenous culture as we get yeah. to and, and how that intersects yeah. and understands with the, the story of Jesus. But maybe we'll just push that back and, and stay around yeah. here for, for the moment first. Yeah. Um, what has that thinking, I suppose, that idea of that, hey, look, we are a secular nation, um, it, church and state are separate, these sorts of things. Um, how has that thinking sort of progressed throughout the years? You know, I'm, I'm always remembering, you know, we're chatting to the, the grandparents' age saying, oh, well, back in the 50s, everyone went to church or everyone, uh, whatever else. Were we ever actually really a nation that a lot of people were religious or were we always a secular nation? Well, I mean, interesting, if you look at, you look at the 1901 census, so when they took the census, when, you know, federation occurred, we became one nation, not six, seven different states. They did a census, and the number of people, the percentage of people that Chris ticked a Christian box was 96%. Mm, wow. So, they, you know, for, for that little narrative that says that we've always been a secular nation, that is an awful lot of people ticking a Christian box, Clayton. Yeah, yeah. And if you, if you look at this, the, the, the kind of 20th century from 1901, and you look at the census, all the way through, that 96% really didn't change very much until the 1960s. Mm. So, you know, the, the 1940s and 50s, it certainly wasn't that everybody was a Christian and everybody went to church, but a very high percentage of people went to church. And, and uh, when Billy Graham came here in 1959, I want to, perhaps we can talk about that later, but just let me mention this now. I mean, he talked about being quite surprised and, and not overwhelmed, but we found it remarkable of the spiritual hunger in this nation. Now, we would say, and other people have said this, that those who came forward, you know, there was a huge response in 1959. It was really um, bringing nominal people to faith. You know, they, they sort of called themselves Christians. They didn't know what it meant. They go along to Billy Graham and suddenly, oh, 
That's what a Christian is. We need to respond. Um, huge response, but it was kind of more a part of the culture, Clayton. The, the 1960s and 70s revolution, social revolution, sexual revolution, uh, the baby boom, the invention of, of um, adolescence, as it were, because uh, it didn't really exist before then. You sort of went to school and then went to work. Now we've created this whole generation in the middle. Um, that was a big pushback on the values of Christianity and the morality of Christianity. And the interesting thing is all those baby boomers that pushed, uh, pushed Christianity out of their lives and out of their uh, way of functioning, they're now running institutions, which are telling us what we always thought as people, yeah. but it, it, that I mean, and there's been a massive change. So that 96 percent has dropped down to to uh, 60 odd percent at the moment. Uh, but it's still in the it's still in the majority. Now we're not sure what people mean when they tick a Christian box. They're certainly not going to church because church attendance sits between 10 to 15 percent, depending on how you do the numbers. But it's um it, it's not where it used to be. But it but suggesting that this nation doesn't have a Christian heritage disingenuous to our history yeah um it, it just as we wrap up this part and we've got plenty more we're going to talk about over yeah. the rest of the hour but is there a, a a clear distinction between christian values and um being christian are, are you referring yeah. as you refer to those are, are they the one and the same for you or are they separate things Totally separate. And the interesting thing is, is that most people, uh, this really, this is going back to Jesus the Game Changer, Series 1, how the life and teaching of Jesus changed the world and why it matters. So the values that we hold to in a nation like Australia, like that all people are created equal. We don't, may not treat them equally, but we have this notion that we're all equal. That is a Christian idea. That is the values of Jesus. The concept of justice and fairness uh, the concept of humility in leadership, all of those values that we just, it's like the air we breathe, Clayton. It's just like, that's what everybody thinks. Well, that, that's not what everybody thinks. And you go to particular cultures in the subcontinent, subcontinent and you'll get a very different set of values about who matters and what matters and how we should treat people. And, and those values, this is what writers and historians and fair-minded thinkers will be telling you. That is the Judeo-Christian values that came to us from the person of Jesus and the early church and the church over the centuries. So they are Christian values. So it doesn't take a Christian to believe that there ought to be fairness and dignity and worth in every person. You don't have to be a Christian to believe that, but it's actually fair to say that that is actually a value of Jesus that Jesus gave to us. The idea that you would be a Christian, that's another decision altogether yeah carl faves is the ceo of olive tree media he's done jesus the game changer one and two you hear him on the radio doing the daily nudge here at uh, the light as well and has just put out uh, this new series faith runs deep we're going to come back with carl my first question is actually going to be a, a bit sort of continuing what we're talking about and asking carl well that's great we've now got those values um does it actually matter now if we are considered a Christian nation, we've, we've settled the argument in a sense. We Okay, we had that basis. It doesn't matter if we are now going forward. His take on that next, we also want to talk about the indigenous history of this country and how that intersects with the story of Jesus as well. On the way next here on 89.9, The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 
89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and a man who he's heard across the radio station with the Daily Nudge. He is from Olive Tree Media. He's done Jesus, The Game Changer 1 and 2, and this brand new series, Faith Runs Deep, which is looking at uh, the Christian heritage and the Christian understanding and how Jesus impacted Australia, not just the world, but Australia specifically. It's Carl Faze, and he joins me at the moment. Carl, I do want to pick up on what we just were talking about a couple of moments ago, which was very much, you know, you, your your thesis, I suppose, was that, hey, Australia has been and was founded very much around Christian understanding, Christian values, uh, with a Christian mindset uh, for the majority of its its time, uh, of especially of uh, white people being in Australia. Um my question really is, well, if we've got that now and we've got those values down on that basis now, does it actually matter if we're a Christian society going forward or a Christian values society going forward? Isn't it now okay to say, well, everyone has their own faith and their own beliefs and their own understandings and they follow that because we've already got the basis? Yeah, look, it's a good question, Clayton, because um, nobody's trying to suggest that Australia should be a kind of theocracy, you know, run by... People with uh, Christian values base looking at the Bible and therefore generating our laws. We're not suggesting that we should go down that track. Uh, it's really trying to say to people: there's this idea that here we are in Australia, we're a, a, a wealthy, a stable uh, community that functions really positively. Perhaps most balanced, multi-multi-racial. Uh, an ethnic nation in the world in the sense that we get on peacefully. Um, we don't really need Christianity and Christianity is almost like a negative impost onto our community. So rather than Christian, Christian faith and the followers of Jesus being seen as a, a positive uh, uh, set of people and, and uh, community, it's almost seen Clayton is like, uh, we're going to in the church messing it up. We'd be just so much better. And what we're trying to say is, Actually, what gives you the values that you enjoy and that you appreciate and that you want our society to live to live by, that was actually given to you, as it were, you inherited that from Christian faith. That's just it's really saying to people, we want you to rethink how you believe Christian faith and the Christian church has influenced our society. Because if you think about it, Clayton, the last for 10 years, 15 years for the Christian church in, in Australia, we've taken a couple of very significant hits and it's been really difficult for the church. I mean, the, the, uh, uh, the Royal Commission into Institutional Abuse of Children, uh, the church has not done well out of that. The discussion and debate on same-sex marriage, the church has, has been on the kind of the side of that argument with many people have seen negatively and you you add these things up uh, as well as the growth of the new atheists and then sort of saying that nobody with half a brain would ever be a christian you you see those things bubbling to the surface it's almost like here's the christian church being pushed out of the public marketplace because it's a dangerous idea and what we're trying to say is actually where the, the values that Christ, that christians hold to are at the heart of, of the values of our society. So it's actually, we're in a positive space and we want people to make some decisions about their spirituality out of that positive space. Yeah, and I, I suppose that also then has that joining between a culture and a, a mass looking at it from there to the 
personal understanding, and this is, I suppose, where we yep. were asking that question before around Christian values versus around yep. my understanding of following a Christian faith, following Jesus yep. in that sense, it becomes something personal, which ultimately impacts community. Um, but if yep. it, if if the, the the broader conversation is so negative, perhaps I'm never even going to uh, contemplate that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit like saying to people, we, we want you to consider this as a, a viable option. Whereas for many people, it's like that is not even an option I'll consider because I feel that it's so negative. And you're absolutely right. The church is not trying to create a society that makes everybody Christian by being a Christian society. The church is trying to help people understand that, you know, it is grown one person at a time. You know, the, the, the church at its best, there's been a few spots in history where it hasn't worked out so well, but at its best, the church is saying every person it makes their decision themselves one person at a time. And that's how the church has grown. And that's how we'll uh, impact Australia going forward. One yeah. individual, one life, one person at a time. Yeah. And one of the things, I, certainly for me over the past few years, Carl, has been uh, to try and understand uh, much better as a, you know, a white guy here in Australia to understand the indigenous story much better, uh, especially yeah. as it comes to spirituality. Um, I think yep. for, for many, many years, the, the the church broadly in Australia has done a, a great disservice to our indigenous population of uh, on various different levels. And one of those has been the spiritual part of it has been um, Jesus has got nothing to do with in, the indigenous culture and, and, and spiritualities it goes through. How do you tackle this as you went and looked at, you know, through Faith Runs Deeper, obviously there's a deep spiritual heritage that uh, our indigenous population have here in Australia. How did you look at that as you, you, you mulled over what that meant for, for Australian spirituality? Yeah, well, interestingly, Clayton, this is, this is in present tense, really, because we're, we're going out to, do, to create the series over the next uh, uh, six to nine months, and we are uh, hoping to un unearth some of these stories. A couple of things to say about it. It's... You know, the, the the First Nations, you know, Indigenous people of of our nation, and I'm like you, just another white guy trying to get a, yeah. a handle on it. Um, that, that there's always been a deep spirituality within that within those people. When when the when the First Fleet arrived, when you had Richard Johnson come as a saw himself as a Christian missionary to the South Seas, he saw his task as the people that he came with. That was his job. He was followed by Samuel Marsden. And Samuel Marsden had a great missionary passion, not just for Australia, but for the other nations around us. Now, it sounds like I'm getting off the topic, but just stay with me, Clayton. So Marsden in Australia is seen a bit negatively. He actually took, preached the, the, the gospel for the first time ever uh, on the beach in the Bay of Islands in New Zealand. He's seen as a champion of bringing the gospel to New Zealand with the Maori of New Zealand. And then there were others uh, working with him and, and others from the London Missionary Society who went into the islands, the Pacific Islands. Now, the, the interesting thing for Marsden, he's quoted as saying some awful things about the indigenous people, but here was the problem. The Maori wanted what Marsden had. Marsden had uh, muskets. Marsden taught them farming. Marsden... It was almost like the, the, he, he saw this idea of bringing civilization to the Maori and then Christianity kind of almost like a two-part package, as it were, Clayton. What he struggled with in Australia is that Marsden saw the indigenous people of Australia 
and they didn't want what he had. They weren't interested. And because they didn't seem to want to be civilized, he sort of wrote them off. Now, sometimes we, we sort of generate that attitude that Marsden had and some around him, that, well, that was the church. But that wasn't the church completely. There's a remarkable story of a guy called Lancelot Threkeld. And Threkeld went, came to Australia with a mission organization and went north to just around Lake Macquarie, which is just outside Newcastle, north of Sydney. And Threkeld worked with the Awabakal people and he started to translate the gospel. And Threkeld was actually in contention with people like Marsden because he wanted to live with the people. He wanted to translate the Bible into their language. He wanted to bring the message of Jesus to the Awabakal people. Now, the sad thing about Threkeld, Clayton, was because you know the, the tragedy of the indigenous people of this nation is that not only were they hunted down, actually literally hunted down by some settlers, there was also a disease that uh, settlers brought that just wiped them out. And Threkeld with hundreds, but then he wrote that late in his life, they were down to, you know, 50s, 10s. And he said, you know, by the time I finish this Bible, there'll be nobody left to read it. And, and that was the pain. But that didn't mean that Threkeld and the people like him, like the Moravian missionaries who came to Victoria, and they went out to the Wimmera. And when they were in the Wimmera, there's a book called The Lamb and the Dreaming, which talks about William Wimmera and, and uh, uh, Nathaniel Pepper. Both became evangelists to their own people. So Clayton, the, the gospel with the indigenous people has actually been, in a way, not, not saying there aren't issues and problems and terrible injustices, but there's been really powerful movements of the spirit so that the, in central Australia, there was a guy called Barnabas Roberts and Barnabas Roberts walked thousands and thousands of kilometers as an evangelist, bringing the gospel to his own people. Mm. And the interesting thing, the interesting end of this story is that if you take the census, so when, again, the census we were talking about before, the group of people in Australia who tick the Christian box more than anybody else, pretty much, are the indigenous people of Australia. So there's actually a deep movement of Jesus among those people. Mm. And there, there is, sure, is that, is that not the grace of God? Yeah. That in the midst of pain and suffering and injustice, that I, I can't understand or explain or or really get my head around how we make this right because that's incredibly painful. God still worked. Yeah. The Spirit of God still acted. People went and told their own people about Jesus. And what happened in Australia happened with the Maori in New Zealand, happened with the Islanders, the Pacific Islands. Great movement of the Spirit. Not because missionaries were good at telling the Islanders, but islanders went to their own people. The yeah. Maori went to their own people. And indigenous evangelists have done that across Australia. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Carl Fays is my guest. Uh, the new uh, uh, thing, uh, new thing, the new project he's on. <laughs> Let's get the, you know, we can, we can up the language slightly from thing that he's working on. Uh, is a wonderful project called Faith Runs Deep, which is actually uh, another film series uh, looking at how faith runs through Australia 
uh, from the past and into the future as well. We're going to be back with Carl in a couple of minutes' time as we do talk about uh, what's so far been the most surprising thing that has really jumped out to him. And as it's still building, as this continues to grow this year, uh, what's the one thing he's really looking forward to as well? That's on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and Carl Fays, uh, who is the CEO of Olive Tree Media, has done Jesus the Game Changer 1 and 2, uh, is heard here on the radio station with a daily nudge as well, and is uh, currently in the midst of creating this new series, Faith Runs Deep, looking at uh, Christianity and, and the spirituality through Australia. Now, normally we'd have a chat to Carl uh, along the lines of, when something's completed like this. But very deliberately, we're having a chat right now because uh, as you keep doing this and com- you know getting involved in this um, throughout the year, Carl, the idea is because it's based here in Australia, people can come and meet with you, have conversations with you, uh, you know, and find out more as they go um, and actually head along. And, and I believe you're also driving a ute around Australia. Is this what's happening? Yeah, isn't that great? We decided that since we've got to travel around Australia, let's drive an iconic car. And uh, so my wife, Jane, who's the producer, and I are going to drive around Australia a uh, six-litre V8 black Holden ute. Now, go, go to our, our site, faithruns.com.au, and there's a bunch of photos, and you can actually, uh, if you're into cars, it sounds fabulous. And it's just a beautiful car. And it's just to add some interest, Clayton. It's just, we don't want this to be some dry history and religious history we want yeah. this to be in a dynamic show that uh, people can get to and we'd love to meet people that's the whole point we'll let you know where we're filming come along meet us meet the team It'd be just good to meet people across the nation as we make this film yeah excellent so that's faithrunsdeep.com.au i'll give it out again in a, a couple of minutes time yeah um, carl as you've already done some work and i know there's still more to come I, I sort of want to ask the dual questions one what has been the most surprising aspect for you uh you are a well-read man a well-researched man you know maybe there's not many things that have surprised you but as you've done a bit of work on this and, and looked at uh, you know christianity in australia um and, and the movement of jesus in australia has it been something that surprised you Oh, look, there's a, there's a heap of things right in the beginning that surprised me enormously. Lachlan Macquarie is a name that many people know, is one of the very early uh, governors of New South Wales. And, and what I we discovered is Lachlan Macquarie uh, was on his way out here when he found out that the guy that was going to be the governor couldn't make it. So they told him, uh, you're the governor. Good, you know, how lucky are you? Well, his wife was a very committed evangelical Christian. And he was a Christian himself. So on the boat on his way out, he was studying God's word to say, so what does, how does a Christian leader of a nation function? And when he came out here, there's a number of things that he did, including building churches. Uh, he started St. Andrew's Cathedral, didn't finish it. Um, St. John's Parramatta uh, Church. And, and so there's this notion of building churches, but he actually, this idea of, of that faith gives you a fresh start. So Lachlan Macquarie emancipated, in other words, gave freedom to something like 1,300 uh, 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 convicts. Mm. The guy before him, Governor Bly, emancipated two. <laughs> Lachlan Macquarie emancipated over 1,000. Now, the, the first organization ever to start in Australia, first organization was the Bible Society. Uh, his wife... Uh, Mrs. Macquarie started, Elizabeth Macquarie started the Bible Society. On the Bible Society was a few 
of those emancipated convicts who were on the committee. And so you, what you've got is here's a guy that's motivated by the teaching of Jesus and asks, well, what does that mean as the governor? Well, part of what it means is to give people a fresh start. And that, that it really influenced what he did. A guy followed him a few years later, and his name was Richard Burke. Now, Richard Burke, again, was the governor of New South Wales, but interestingly, the governors of uh, Victoria and I'm not sure which other uh, states also followed his lead. And he actually started this thing called the, the, 19, the sorry, 1836 Church Act. In the 1836 Church Act, Richard Burke believed that churches were good for society and that they should help the churches get started. Now, here's a little thing for people to keep in mind. If you travel around certainly um, New South Wales, probably Victoria as well. You'll go to these small country towns, Clayton, and when you drive around the town, there's like four churches. Yeah. They all look a bit the same. They all look like they're about the same age. Well, that was because of the 1836 Church Act, where the government, through Richard Burke, said, you know what, we're going to help churches get started. We're going to build churches. And so a Catholic church, an Anglican church, a pre the, the Methodists were the first. And then the Presley's got in it later. Now, I'm a Baptist. Now, the interesting thing is you won't, you won't find Baptist churches okay. because they believe in, in – sorry, you'll find plenty of Baptist churches. You won't find Baptist churches built around the 1836 Church Act because they wanted to stay free of the government, freedom between state and church, and therefore thought that getting involved in that would be negative for them. But here is this – can you imagine that? Here's yeah. the government funding the building of churches because they believed – that helped create a better society. Yeah, just incredible. Um, as we move forward, and as we've said, you know, you, you've got this sort of year ahead where you're hoping to meet people, you're, you're mm. looking to explore this country and understand its spirituality and its Christianness more and more. Um, is there something that you're most looking forward to as you sort of start exploring, Carl, even more? Oh, look, I, I'm certainly looking forward to meeting people. I'm looking forward to going around. I'm Looking forward to, to going to, say, somewhere like the Clare Valley and the Barossa Valley. Now, this is not all about wine. I was about to that, say. <laughs> that, that could have a, a positive outcome. The Clare Valley, in the, the middle of the 19th century, there was a church after the, around the Gold Rush period of 600 people. It, there was a revival in the Clare Valley. If you go to the Barossa Valley, it was started by, by Lutherans who were fleeing Germany came to England and saw a guy called George Fife Angus who gave them land in the Barossa Valley. And when they came to the Barossa Valley, they came seeking religious freedom. Mm. And therefore, the Lutheran Church in South Australia and through the Barossa Valley, kind of the Adelaide Hills into the Barossa Valley. And that is a great story because it wasn't a story of convicts. It was a story of people seeking to build religious freedom. Uh, we would like to interview some of our present political leaders, so be praying about that, that that will happen to show that faith still runs deep in our nation. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and, and look, having uh, worked in the Barossa Valley for a year in radio, I actually uh, worked in one of those Lutheran churches where they'd uh, hired out one small section uh, to us uh, to run a radio station in it. Ah, so, there you, go. Uh, you know, the, the, the culture you're right around there is, is very different to other parts of Australia in terms yeah, of yeah, it how is. it was founded. The, the rest of white Australia, at least, is certainly uh, that more convict-based. But, yes, South Australia has this different bent to it um, uh, yeah. from that from a white Australia understanding there. 
Yeah, I mean, George Fife Angus actually moved from England to Australia. He uh, then set up his own um, farm come come um, homestead, et cetera, et cetera. It's, that's actually now owned by a horse racing stud, but on it is still a Baptist chapel. Now, he employed, he was going to the local church and he a gardener. The gardener started working and realized that the land he was he was tilling for George Fife Angus as the gardener was great for vineyards. So he went out and, and started planting his own vines and his own vineyard and that that vineyard still exists, and it's called Yalumba Wines. Well, there you go, huh? What a what a remarkable, remarkable journey all the way back to to, to some of the more influential parts of of commerce yep. at the moment as well. Carl, um, it's just it's always wonderful having a chat to you, and we do wish you uh, all the best with Faith Runs Deep. Once again, if you want to connect in with Carl and uh, and the whole tribe, the whole family, they're travelling off around uh, about as well, and and find out more to be praying for them, all that sort of stuff, you can yep. at uh, faithrunsdeep.com.au. That's faithrunsdeep.com.au. Carl, thanks again for your time. Clayton, it's been wonderful to be with you. Thank you. Carl Faye is my guest here on 89.9 The Light.